0: Okay, good morning everyone.
1: We thank you for stopping by today and joining us for our uh, Classroom 2.0 live show. We have a special guests with us, Colette Casanelli, and we're going to be talking about using VoiceThread and the educational version of VoiceThread in the classroom. So let me give a quick overview of using the Illuminate Room for those who are brand new. Um, we're going to be asking some polling questions. And so you'll be responding with a green check for yes and a red X for no. And if you look at the very top menu, that's where you'll find those uh, polling options. Then we're going to be using the whiteboard tools. And so you'll see those on t- over to the right-hand side. If you needed to step away and um, for a moment to take care of something, you would click the little door, and it would show to us in the room that you have stepped away, and then we would know that you were not at your computer um, to participate in the chat or speak on the microphone. Um, there are emoticons Kim, can and the... Sh- sure.
2: Kim, I just want to interrupt because this is something that people may not understand is that going away doesn't mean that you've left the classroom, and at the end of the show, for us to stop the recording, we need you to close your browser, not just walk away from the session. I just thought I'd make that point right now. Thank you. Go Thank ahead, Kim. You. No
1: problem. Um, if you wanted to use the emoticons or the applause and clapping your hands, those features are um, right there next to the hand symbol. And the hand symbol is if you wanted to ask a question or when we um, give the mic to the audience, if you wanted to speak during that time, then you would click on the hand and we would know to give you the microphone that you're um, ready to do that. You may want to check your audio um, if you're having problems through tools and going through the audio wizard to make sure your microphone is set up. If you wanted to participate in the chat, you would type your message, and then you would click Send Message and make sure that it says to this room. Otherwise, it will go to just the moderators. Um, or if you wanted to send it to one specific person, then you would highlight, you would put their name um, instead of this room. Down at the very bottom is the mic button. When it's um, we offered the participation. You would click the mic when when you're ready to speak, and then you would click it again to turn it off like a walkie-talkie. And you can adjust your volume settings of the microphone and the speaker um, by adjusting those sliders at the bottom. Also, if you can't see a specific window or the chat, isn't um, large enough, you can change your layout. If you go to View and then click on Layouts, then you can choose any of the selected layouts that they have, or you can create your own by dragging the windows. The layouts are locked initially, so you would need to um, click on Layout Locked to unlock those options. And then you can move the different windows and resize them, or use one of the layouts that they already have available to you. And then let's move on to introducing ourselves to one another. We're going to be using this whiteboard tool. It's called the laser pointer. And so um, what I'd like everybody to do is on the world map slide there it is. If you would please click on that laser pointer and then click to show your location on
0: the map. And
1: then if you wanted to put some more information in the chat about the temperature or the time or whatever else you'd like to share, you're free to do that.
3: We have some folks from Hawaii This Si and Steve.
0: So you we welcome everyone
1: from all over the world today. And thank you for taking your time with us. So let's go ahead and move on to
0: our polling questions.
1: <coughs> and again, you'll find the green check and the red X at the top. And you may need to click on the mouse, on the pointer of the whiteboard tools in order to move and click on the items at the top to vote. And the first poll question is, do you use a social, oops, we needed to fix that. But it's supposed to be, do you use VoiceThread? So if you use VoiceThread, if you would please click
0: on the green check. If you've never used it, if you would click on the red X, and I'll give you a few seconds to weigh in your vote. Let me go ahead and get the result for
1: that question. Uh, Those who do not or have not ever used it, it's about 44%, and those who have it's about 37%. So it's pretty close on those who have and have not used it. And do you have an educational VoiceThread account? And let me clear the responses. We'll be finding out what the differences are in a little bit. So if you have an educational VoiceThread account, if you would please vote the green check for yes. If you do not, then vote with the red X for no.
0: Okay, and those
1: results are about 48% do not have an educational VoiceThread voice account, and about 32% do. And then the last one, is VoiceThread
0: blocked in your school district?
1: If it is, please click on the green check. And if it's not, click on the red X. And If you're not sure, um, then this will be something you'll definitely want to check out, um, because I know after today you're going to definitely want to incorporate using VoiceThread in your classroom and adding that to your toolbox
0: of tricks. Let me get the
3: results,
0: and it looks
1: about to be 49% it's unblocked and about 8% that it is. So that's, that's good. And if it is blocked, there um, you can talk to your IT people and see about getting it unblocked and, or maybe getting an override so that you can access these wonderful, wonderful uh, tools and videos that you can use with your students. And I really think that it will greatly enhance your instruction. So well, now we're going to go ahead on to the newbie question, what is VoiceThread in the Educational VoiceThread version, and how are they used, so I'm going to pass the mic over to Lorna.
2: Thanks very much, Kim, and welcome everyone in the session We're it's very exciting. We now have over eighty no, 84 participants in our session today, and I'm I'm thinking that there's going to be someone in the chat room who is absolutely new to VoiceThread, and there are people who are using it uh, uh, daily, so we're hoping that those people who are very experienced with VoiceThread will help the newbies, uh, or the people who are not experienced, like, I think we should change that question, those are people who have not had the experience will um, uh, enjoy this bit of a presentation. So I'm going to talk to you about first. Imagine what it would be like if you could create your own program. I'm sure there's lots of times you're sitting in front of the TV and you just wish you could have control of that content. And I'm sure there's times that you actually wanted to say something instead of just calling in and doing the poll. you, You wanted to be the decision maker about whose content was being produced and you wanted to really get in there and say something. And then imagine that someone you know or someone you didn't know also wanted to share their opinion and you wanted them to hear what you were saying and you wanted to hear what they were saying without the people who were creating the content so that you were actually driving the conversation. So you know, here it is. Here comes the solution and that is VoiceThread, VoiceThread, excuse me. There are um, several different accounts, one of them being free, so if you want to test out uh, VoiceThread, go right ahead. I think you can have three different um, uh, VoiceThread is actually created in the free account. If you wish to have more services, you take on the pro account which means you individually can uh, use this service and if you are in the uh, school environment, educational environment and you want to have a class uh, VoiceThread account, that's what we call the Ed VoiceThread account. So you have a lot of different options and you can go to their web- website which is VoiceThread.com to uh, follow up on that information about the cost. So there are some really exciting things about VoiceThread and it's first of all that it's a browser-based solution. So that means you don't have to worry about what piece of software is being installed on the school computer. You don't have to chase on the IT person and say, I, I want to find this, I want to get it on. Do we have a license to use this? You can actually just take this solution and go to your web browser, Internet Explorer, Firefox, and it will work. So that's a wonderful piece about using the software it, itself. And, um, There are great security controls when we get into EdVoice thread so that you as a teacher can control who is using it. Uh, Your students don't have to have an email account. Uh, You give them permissions by uh, giving them access to it and you can take them away and you have the ability to allow them to collaborate worldwide or just in your school or just in your classroom. So there's a lot of um, controls and management functions that you as a teacher would actually have available to you. So let's let your imagination excuse me let your imagination just go plain wild because it's as simple as this. Uh, if you have a document, you can make it into a PDF and upload it. Um, if you have a PowerPoint present presentation, you can upload that. If you have videos, if you have audio, all those simply are case of creating those files, creating your content, and uploading it to the VoiceThread server, who takes care of all kinds of things for you. They take care of storing your files. So that's another great thing for the IT people. They don't have to have a server in their system to keep control of all the media files that you're producing which can sometimes be fairly large. There is a limit on the size of the upload but it depends on the account that you're having. I think that's a quick overview of why you would be caught and why to use VoiceThread and, and I would like to turn it over because I know that uh, Colette's going to be able to take it. All the different activities that she's had, and demonstrate some of the key points that we just covered there. So I'm hoping that helps someone who's just walking in, new today, has never heard of VoiceThread. That gives you an idea of how you can create content and manage its uh, presentation. So, Kim, Peggy, no, I think uh, it's Peggy. You're great. now ready to take the mic. And yes. Thanks, Lorna. That was a great background overview.
4: Um, and hopefully that helped people who maybe have never used it before or just have maybe seen a couple of voice threads and were interested in knowing exactly what it could do, but I know that Colette is going to have lots more to share with us. And I also um, noticed that someone in the chat room mentioned that they would love to have people drop their links in, and we would definitely love that. So if you're using VoiceThread and you've created a wiki space to share VoiceThreads or have any tips or suggestions to share, we hope that you'll drop those into the chat room as we go along. people often ask during the show, will this be recorded? And it is recorded. You'll be able to view the entire presentation live or recorded. Later, it'll appear on our website in the archive section. And um, you'll also be able to hear just the audio if you're interested in that. But the bonus is you also can download and view the chat log. So if there are lots of links dropped into the chat log, you'll be able to access it, access those again after the show. So I'm going to introduce Colette Casanelli, who um, so graciously agreed to take some time out of Saturday to come and join us. And Colette was someone that I have been following for quite some time and was so excited that she had created a, a special wiki space just for compiling voice threads for classrooms. And I want her to tell us all about that, how she came to create it, and um, maybe an overview of the site so people will know what they will find there. And then, Colette, share any exciting stories you've had with your experiences with voice thread and how you think they've helped learning in the situations you know about. So I'm going to turn the mic over to you Khaled and let you
5: just take it away. Well, thank you very much um everyone. I'm I'm very happy to be here today. Um And VoiceThread is uh, one of those programs that's near and dear to my heart. It was like as soon as I had seen it, I immediately saw the value and the power of VoiceThread. Um, It's one of those programs that can be used with younger students all the way up to um, college and professional development in pretty much any subject area. I kind of sometimes like to describe it as PowerPoint steroids because uh, it It's visual like PowerPoint is because you can bring in visual uh, photos or slides or documents or even scanned drawings that students have created. But then there's the um, audio aspect to having students be able to express what they were thinking or what they want to say about whatever is visually in front of them. Um, It gives a lot of students an opportunity to practice their oral speaking skills maybe and uh, practice it in a way that they can record it over and over again and so they get some authentic practice there. But the main reason that I love VoiceThread is the interactive and the collaborative nature of it, of starting a discussion and having everybody else come in and share their point of view whether they're typing their comments, or speaking them, or using a webcam, or even using a cell phone to record their comments on the VoiceThread project, um, the the wiki. How that pretty much got started is that I wanted to, um, you know, start gathering samples of how people were using VoiceThread. Um, I was going to do some professional development, and. Um, then at that point, uh, you know, I just kind of was looking for people's ideas. So I put a notice out on Classroom 2.0 saying, hey, does anybody have any voice threads that they're using that we could uh you know share? And I put the call out on my Twitter account. And I started, I even put together um a VoiceThread a voice Google Alert, so anytime somebody blogged about VoiceThread, I got a notification and I went and visited that person's blog and said, hey, are you using VoiceThread? Could you uh, please come to this wiki and add your add your sample there? And that's how it got started. It was just, honestly, at the beginning, it was because I wanted to see some good ideas. And now it's just grown and grown and grown and, and people are... Um, um, adding their samples any you want to uh, just join the wiki. I'll, I'll give you permission and you just go to your particular subject area or I mean your grade level area, like if you're a fifth grade teacher, just go to the grade, the middle school or the grade school section. And over on the right, the left hand side, we, we kind of broke it down into categories. Now, this is your Wiki now. I just started it, so those of you who want to participate, this, you know, just as any kind of wiki, if you wanted to add a category on the left side of the VoiceThread and and say, hey, here are one specific for science or here's one specific for, you know, practice your, um, you know, language speaking, uh, feel free because uh, it's, the VoiceThread is growing so much, we need to kind of keep expanding the pages so they don't take forever to load. So that's pretty much how um, the Voicethread wiki got started, and um, at the very front page, I, uh, I put some links here of places that you could go to check out VoiceThread. and the very first one is practice making comments here. Um, on that VoiceThread, if you wanted to actually go to this VoiceThread and, you know, you've never seen one and seen what they look like, this is a good example of one where you could practice. I just used this VoiceThread um, at a professional development workshop I just did on Thursday. And so um, the idea on this uh, VoiceThread is that it's a chance for you to reflect. And you would go to the different pages. Uh, you would, at the bottom of the page, you would uh, go to the next page. And what we have here is a quote, a slide that uh, different teachers have created with um, quotes on it. And you could thumb through the voice thread, read the quote, and the one that speaks to you or you know, says something, then down at the bottom of the page, you would see a place called comment. And in the comment area, you would have a choice to either use the phone recording, the one all the way on the left-hand side, and VoiceThread will call your phone. Yeah, they'll call your phone and you could record your comment on your phone. Now, you only get so many free minutes for the phone commenting, so use that one very judiciously. The second icon is a webcam comment, and that's if you have a webcam attached to your computer, you, instead of making an audio comment, we could actually see you. And we, uh, the comment that you would make on this particular slide would show up as a little mini video of you speaking into the, looking at the webcam and recording your comment that way. And then the next uh, icon is the record icon. And this is where you would use your headset or your microphone built into your camera or to your computer and you would record an audio comment. And for any of these, if you record and you realize you made a mistake, you can cancel the recording and re-record. And as you are recording these little icons on the left-hand side, after you're done recording these little pictures of the different people Who have created the comments, they show up those little um, icons, and then when you click on that person's avatar or icon, their recording, their message shows up. And the last way you can make a comment is just typing. Well, it's not the last; the second last is typing, and that one you would just—it would open up a little box. You could type your comment on this uh, particular. Um, slide that you wanted to comment on. And then the very last way you can add a comment is the little arrow there. And this would be if you wanted to pre-record your comments ahead of time. And let's say you wanted to use a program like Audacity, which is an open source free audio editing program. I love Audacity. And um, you could have your students record their narrations or their comments ahead of time and then if they could practice, they could edit them, they could export them as like a MP3 or WAV file, instead of using the program online to record, you could just upload the comment into the VoiceThread project. And that's really a nice idea if you want to have all the students practice their recordings or do their recordings ahead of time before they actually go online. So those are the five different ways that you can record comments and participate on a voice thread. Pretty much, I'm you know, feel free for anyone who's in the, in the chat room on classroom 2.0, if you want to just practice making comments and you don't want to make a voice thread to do that, please feel free to use this particular project here to do practicing and um, you can go through and listen and see everybody else's um, projects there. Now if you're new to VoiceThread, probably the first thing I would encourage you to do is maybe just browse through the VoiceThread directory and see other comments that other people or other VoiceThreads that people have made. Um, at this point right now, uh, if if people went to the actual VoiceThread main page, Uh, You do need to have an account to set up, um, and uh, so that would be one thing that might be limiting to some people about, um, you know, you, you need to create an account. And the thing for educators, if you sign up for the account and you accidentally signed up for the free account, which only gives you three comments, you can go to your My Account under your, after you sign up, and you can change it to an educator account as long as you just identify of your school or your location and where you are. So um, those of you who do have VoiceThread accounts, when you go to your page, up in the upper right hand corner where your avatar is located, if you want to um, see whether you have the free account or whether you have the educator account, that would be one thing that you would want to do. Because once you have the educator account, you are able to create as many different voice threads as possible. So are there questions in the chat that need to be answered at this point? It, it is, is hard to follow. Hard to, me to follow uh, there were some the questions about
4: does it cost money
5: for an educator account. Can you explain that? Sure. There's two types of accounts. You have your free account and then they have the educator account which they are basically giving for free to all educators. So it does not cost any money to switch it from a free account to an educator account. What happens though, some people think that there's a $10 fee. Well, that is only if you want access to the ed. VoiceThread section of VoiceThread. And then that's a $10 one-time fee if you wanted to get into that area. And that would be if you wanted to participate only in an education collaborative network there. Then on addition to that, Let's say, you know, if you were just starting out, I would just start off with the free educator or pay the one-time $10 fee. Now, if you really get into this and you see the powering, you're going to use it all the time with your students, then you could purchase a class subscription. And in that case, each of your students gets their own unique VoiceThread account. And in that case, they don't need to have email. VoiceThread will provide them with a specialized user login and in that case um, each student would have their own individual VoiceThread account and they would be able to choose when they create a VoiceThread, do they want to share it with one person in their class, everyone in their class, you know, 10 just their group or do they want to open it up to everyone on the ed.voice thread network? And so there's a lot more controls and privacy um, controls if you pay for the subscription. Um, I teach multiple classes of computer technology with middle school and high school. And um, last year I just had the educator account. Uh, this year I went ahead and purchased the $60 class account and I'm able to use that one class account between my my multiple classes that I, I teach. So hopefully that helps explain how that works.
2: Peggy, can I interrupt for a second?
5: Yes, please. please.
2: I'm just noticing there are a large number of people who are in the chat room who have not selected the main chat room to post their comments. So they're only posting them to uh, the moderators and our guest, uh, Colette. So in the bottom of the chat window, you need to select where you see the word send, just to the right of it. There's a drop down menu. You need to select this room and then all your questions in chat will be coming into the main room. Thanks Peggy. Sorry to interrupt both of you.
4: Yes, and just to add to that why it's so important is that when the chat log is saved, it doesn't save the moderator messages. So, if you've dropped a link in earlier and it came through as a blue message for you, that means it wasn't sent to all rooms. So, you can um, drop it in again. So, we'll be sure to have it. Thanks. And now, back to you, Colette.
5: So, uh, were there other um um, questions. I see a question about the limitations of the
4: yes.
5: teacher account. So this is um, probably one of the reasons why VoiceThread completely took off last uh, year when you know, everybody was jumping on on board was that um, you could have the one educator account on your VoiceThread, but you could create multiple identities under that one account. And what, a multi- what the identities look like is that in you have your one avatar with maybe your photo or your icon or, you know, some kind of symbol that represents you when you make your comments. And um, you as a teacher could make a separate identity for each of your students under your one account. Well. There were some difficulties with that situation. Where yes, it was great—you could get everyone on at the same time. Um, students all had access and were logging in under the same one account. And probably any IT person can tell you that's not always a great idea. Having a bunch of people use one login and one account. So it was—I have to admit—it was very convenient and nice for us. Um, I had students deleting each other's comments. I had students deleting entire VoiceThread projects accidentally. Um, there is a wonderful moderation feature in VoiceThread where if you want to allow people to make comments on your VoiceThread, the moderation feature does not work if everybody's logged in under the same account. And so having all these people under one account, it also kind of poses a security risk. And Voice Red Um, understood the value of having all those accounts, but um, um, for security reasons actually had to turn that feature off. And so starting January of this year, well, it didn't quite go into effect right away. Um, They're no longer allowing multiple people to be logged in under the same account at the same time you can still create all those identities for your students. So you can have 30 different identities under your educator account, but only one identity at a time can be on that VoiceThread account. So that certainly does limit using your one account with all of your students at the same time. But there are other ways um, that you you can still use it Before this change, you know, I would have my students create all of their VoiceThread slides. We actually use PowerPoint. And I have them record all their comments ahead of time using Audacity. And then they were working in groups and when the groups were finished, you know how groups are never finished at the same time,
3: Mm -hmm.
5: Um, I would have the groups just come over to the one computer and say, okay, group, you know, sit down and upload your slide and upload your comments and then when they were done, they left the computer and then the next group came over and they uploaded their slide and they uploaded their comments and then after, you know, the three or four groups had uploaded their information, the challenge was then to encourage the conversation, because it had to do, it was more of a asynchronous, you know, not everybody was able to comment at the same time. But it, it still works, it's just a little bit different. But if you want everyone at the same time, you would, you might want to consider um, getting the classic account. Then now all the students have their own accounts and they all can log in at the same time. They can all create their VoiceThreads at the same time and they can all comment at the same time. Colette, Any, does that answer the question?
4: I think so and, and and that's prompted a couple of other questions for me. Um, can you talk about um, two things? Give some examples of some of the things that you know VoiceThread is being used for and also how do you encourage um comments on a voice thread? How do you keep them from just being a presentation or a report of something to a really interactive tool?
5: Yeah, that, that is a wonderful, that actually is a very important um, part. First of all, whenever you're planning any kind of lesson, you always have to ask yourself, what is the, what is the goal of this project? What is the instructional goal? What is what am I trying to get my students to learn? What is the purpose of your lesson? And then you need to find the right tool if you're going to use technology that will help meet that learning goal. So let's make sure that whenever we're designing technology-enhanced projects that the primary goal is the student learning. And then, if you think that VoiceThread might be a tool that could enhance that student learning, then then choose that one. And how I how I see that VoiceThread can enhance some student learning is that collaborative nature. So if you're just going to take a traditional PowerPoint and upload it into VoiceThread and then just use VoiceThread like a, an online PowerPoint viewer, You know, that may be fine if you are just having students do personal reflection, like more like a e-portfolio type thing. This is what I chose to share for this project or like I use it sometimes with my graphic design students. This is a project that I made and this is the reason why. But what you want to, when you're designing the project or the lesson or the instructional goal, if your goal is to encourage collaboration and discussion, then you want to build that into the VoiceThread. And so I just um, last term created a VoiceThread on digital citizenship. And the students um, were broken into groups, and each group had a theme of digital citizenship there. And so they reported what they learned, and they gave some examples on their voice thread, and then they recorded, they asked a question. Have you ever shared personal information online? Why did you do it, and what would you do next time? So in the voice thread, they actually asked a question to the audience of whoever was going to be viewing the VoiceThread. And so now you have built in you know, a place in the VoiceThread where people could leave comments or ask questions. And I think it's, it's really important that we teach our students how to comment on a VoiceThread. Just like if you were doing blogging in the classroom, you wanted to teach, you know, this um, you know, you you want to might give them some story starter sentences or lead sentences. You know, this topic is important to me because, or what you said was valuable and it made me reflect on this, or it reminded me of this particular story. So please make sure that um, you build in that collaboration. Some of the most effective. VoiceThreads that I've seen have really just been one slide. Uh, on the VoiceThread for Education Wikispaces, I put a link there of a five-year-old boy who is collecting 100 comments on his VoiceThread to celebrate the 100th day of school and it's very precious uh, little voice speaking asking people to comment and it's just one slide long and he has last I checked almost 200 comments on his uh, VoiceThread project which I thought was a wonderful new twist to adding. Um, I've seen uh, people use VoiceThread for um, math explanations, which is wonderful. Uh, Martha Thornburg um, up in Washington has done a whole bunch on math and voice, voice threads, you know, having students explain their thinking behind how they solve particular pro- projects. Uh, I've seen it used in professional development. I put a, a link there for, on the professional development. Um, you know, if you want to get uh, teachers during a professional development session instead of everybody raising their hand and sharing their opinion, have everybody go on to a VoiceThread slide and put their opinion or their thought there. Um, so what, what are other questions? Um, the, I would highly encourage you to look at the privacy uh, features and the comment moderation features. Um, Privacy, you can choose to share it with individual people or just people that you want to give access to or you can create it public. But you know, one of the things that I love about VoiceThread is browsing through the directory. I mean, you could go to the main VoiceThread page and click on browse and type in water cycle and you will find, you know, probably over 20 different voice threads that have been created on the water cycle. So maybe that might be a great introduction to your lesson on the water cycle, is have your students go in and comment on some other class that has already created a water cycle voice thread. You don't always have to make them. You can just use other people's.
4: Uh, Collette, someone asked about how do you know when there have been updates on a page? Um, And I just dropped a quick response in the chat, but maybe you could talk about that. I know for me, the way I keep up with your Wikispace is that I subscribe to it in my RSS feed reader. And so anytime there's a new... um, Uh, VoiceThread posted to it, it, I get an announcement in my email because I chose that, and I also get it in my RSS reader. Uh, Do you have any other um, ideas about how to do that?
5: Sure. When you first go to the VoiceThread that you've created, um, you will see a little miniature comment bubble on a VoiceThread that you've made that says, oh, you've received a new comment. So that's one of the first just visual indicators Excellent. that somebody has um, commented on a voice thread. But you do need to have the comment moderation turned on for that to show up. Also, you can subscribe on a voice thread to comments that are uh, there also. So like in my Google Reader for the practice one that I encouraged you to go practice, I do have an RSS feed set up for just that one individual voice thread and asking people, you know, when people make a comment, I get notification that somebody commented on that voice thread and that's just because my I just am interested to see who's using that one. And if any of you want to you know, share that with other people and have people practice on that comment, on that voice thread, that's perfectly fine with me. You have permission. Mm-hmm. Um,
4: uh, I noticed so, like, that, um, excuse me, I'm sorry. No. Um, Brad had his hand raised. And I wonder, yeah. Brad, did you want to take the mic to share or ask a question? Well,
0: Dream Ambition,
1: did you um, I believe they raised their hand and they wanted the mic. Oh, that says Brad. Okay. My bad. Brad, you have the mic. <laughs> you, um, go ahead and
0: speak whenever you're ready. You just need
4: to click on the mic button down there that has the microphone icon with the S2 and
3: you'll be able to talk. not
4: hearing you, Brad, so maybe there's an audio problem with your microphone. Um, We'll go ahead and go on, and if, if you get that working, you can raise your hand again.
2: Can I jump in for a second? Peggy, because I know some sure. of the questions about I, I'm lost and I don't understand this, and I, I think that the, the comments we have, several people are saying you just have to jump in and do it. What we're doing today is yes. just having a conversation about it and directing you to the resources. We're not actually having a tutorial on, on how to do it and take you to uploading it and that kind of function. I know. Collette's been very good in, you know, describing it. But I think today's discussion is what is the vision for using VoiceThread and Collette is leading the discussion in that fashion. So don't worry, about if you don't don't know which button to push today, because you can go get your free account and you can play all you want. And then you know come back for your answers because a lot of them are in the chat room. And uh that's the beauty of the way this presentation's been set up. You have all the resources in front of you to play with. So I just wanted to add that comment so you could focus some of this discussion
5: that's happening in the chat room. And I'll go ahead and, and give a little plug here. If you're going to be going to NEC in June in Washington, D.C., I'm actually doing a hands-on voice read, um, a session there where you bring your laptop and I will take you through as four beginners and teach you how to import a, you know, a photo or a PowerPoint slide, how to do commenting, and um, so um, So join me in Washington D.C. if you're going to be there in June, love to to see you. So one other uh, thing I just uh, thought of of is one way when you're first starting out on Voice is that you can um, place other people's Voice and put them on your page if they have made them public and shareable. And um, when you go through a voice and you get to the very last slide, which gives you the link to link to it on a web page or the embed code, there's also another icon there that says add to my page. Basically what you're doing is you're subscribing to that person's VoiceThread and it's showing up on your main page. And I love that, especially when you're first starting out if you go uh, on my VoiceThread, if you go to the very last page of, I'm um, at the very end of it. When I'm when I first started out with VoiceThread, I I didn't create very many of the VoiceThreads. I used everybody else's. See where it says "Add to My Voice Page"? Um, when you click on that button there, this particular VoiceThread because I've created it and made it public. Well, next time you log into your VoiceThread account this voice thread will be on your My Voice page. Now, I still retain the ownership of it and I'm doing all the comment moderation, but it shows up on your page if you wanted to use it. And so this is one way that I've used it a lot. I go search for, you know, interesting voice threads that other people have made. I've added theirs to my, my Voice page and then when I'm done using them, then you can remove them. So. Um, that's really nice to, to have a, quite a sample of other people's voice threads, especially when you are um, first introducing it to students. And those of you who have um, the student accounts, they can do the same thing. You know, that's my
2: point earlier, uh, Colette, about everybody's going to learn something today. People in the chat room didn't know that. I didn't know that. So no matter how experienced we are, you've just been able to add that to this dimension of using uh, VoiceThread. But we have about uh, ten minutes left in the session. I know you've been asking questions of Colette, but I wonder if people in the chat room want to take advantage of the MITE function and share something that they might have been doing. There we go. Look at these excited people. I'm going to start with... um, dream mission, and Brad if we can go ahead, and I'm going to give you um permission to use the mic, you've, you've got, it. let's see if it works this time, Brad, you want to go ahead?
6: Yeah, can you hear me this time? We sure can. Yes.
3: So now we've lost you, you did you keep the uh, button activated?
6: I know this must be frustrating. Go ahead. He's you're, trying. you There must be something wrong. can hear you wrong. now, Brad. No, we're going to, Brad, we'll come back to you if you want. We're going to go on to, uh, Neil wants to say something. I'm Going to give him the microphone?
7: Hi there, can you hear me? Go ahead,
6: Neil. Hi there, can you hear me? Yes.
7: Are you there? Is that working?
6: Yes, it's great. Thank you.
7: Um, a couple ways I've been using VoiceThread this year, um, one of the things I love about it is the fact that students can draw on each other's work with the draw tool uh, and so I've been using it. My students are making did a lot of digital collages for a history project that we're doing and so the first thing they do is they upload their pieces of uh, digital collage and then they're able to use, students are in editing groups and they're able to use the editing tool and draw on it and actually provide feedback to each other. So they get feedback from about six or seven other students. And then the second part is they use that feedback to improve their work and then they re-upload it to VoiceThread uh, and are able to use the comment tool to either to comment on their own work. So I get them to explain some of the historical understanding that they've gained. And the nice thing about VoiceThread as well is they're able to either type their comments or record their voice. So students have lots of you know, numerous ways that they can demonstrate their understanding. They're not just limited to text, they're able to record their voice as well.
2: That's terrific, really terrific. You know, the, the ideas keep on flowing, so it can, did you have anything else you wanted to share, Neil?
7: Well, that's fine. I'm just going to post a link, because um, I've got a, a blog post here that explains a lot of the work that we're doing and how vo- how I'm using VoiceThread in lots of different ways. So I'll just post that in the in the discussion. Right, thanks very much.
2: We're going to move on to Tammy now then. We're going to give her the microphone.
3: Go
6: ahead Tammy, you have the microphone.
3: Tammy, you have the microphone. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead.
6: Tammy, you need to turn the microphone on again. Turn it on. And leave it on. No, we're not picking you up. Tammy, is there anyone else in the chat that wanted to uh, share some uh, of their uh, ideas? Share some of their oh, ideas? You're
3: good. Good. Oh, you're good. you're fine. good. You're fine. You're fine. You now can are some, some feedback. Yes. Yes. Okay.
6: Uh,
5: I'm, I'm using it. I just wanted to say that I'm using it as a conferencing tool for English students in high school they upload their papers, then I can comment on them, and as someone said earlier, I can actually mark on the paper as I'm talking to them, so it's been very valuable for that.
6: Tammy, how are you actually talking at that that time? We still seem to be having a problem, Tammy
2: and she's having connection problems on it. If we, is there anyone else that wants to step up to the microphone and share their ideas? I know there's a lot of good things about going on in the chat room. Please feel free to raise your hand and we'll give you the microphone. Brad, why don't you jump
4: in and talk about your math, Cass? That is such an excellent resource for people and
0: it might be helpful for them to hear how you do that.
6: Go ahead, Brad. We still seem to be having an audio problem. You have to activate your microphone, Brad. There you go.
2: I don't know, Brad, whether you did actually do the audio wizard setup when you came into the room.
6: We do seem to be having trouble picking you up. You're active right now. We just can't hear you. Well, while, while we're waiting, um, I, I'm glad that... Uh, are we on?
2: No, I'm going to keep talking. While we're uh, active here, I wanted to share a couple of things. I was so excited about the math part because I know that Peggy knows that I'm trying to track on how to best present uh, math concepts uh, to adults in an e-learning environment. But I wanted to share a piece about where I'm working with, with parents, and and I saw parents coming up with parent permission, of course, those are all really good things to have. But it, maybe if you could think of if it in this... Uh, venue is it's a great way to include parents in what's actually happening on the classroom because so many parents want to know what's going on and so as you create the different uh, activities um, when parents are given access to this they can have a really good understanding of the kinds of things that uh, not only what their children are learning, but how you're presenting the information. So this is not only just for collaboration between your own students, but it's a wonderful way to share uh, your uh, skills and abilities to the parent of the child that you're uh, working with. And of course, we all know that students do better when parents are involved. So that's my little piece. So We are working close to the last five minutes. I wonder if we could now take Um, an opportunity, again, thank you, Colette. Um, Is there something you wanted to leave us with before we uh, finish off with our little pieces of
5: uh, organization? Sure, um, I just um, put one last reminder in the chat room there. When you are sharing a VoiceThread link with somebody else, make sure you're not copying the URL up in the browser window because that will include the login information. Go to your very last slide of your voice read and there's a copy link button there. And I noticed a couple people were doing it in the chat room. So that's why I, I wanted to remind you that because it doesn't always necessarily work correctly uh, depending on what kind of account you have. But um, I guess just my final thoughts are... Just like any other educational tool, um, VoiceThread can be very powerful. Um, but I want to make sure to encourage you to, you know, go through your lesson plan designing and figure out if this tool is the right tool to meet your needs. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it is a wonderful presentation tool and all that. But I hate to have students spending all this time on creating a VoiceThread and just throwing a bunch of pictures up there, you know, there are a lot of other tools can do that same type of thing, so make sure that, that you're, you're meeting the value, using the value of VoiceThread to meeting the educational goals of your lessons so um, best of luck, and if you have any questions, um, I'd be happy to answer them. I'm certainly not the, the complete expert on VoiceRead. There's a lot of other people out there doing it. Bill Fairter has done some really interesting ones recently with the election and uh, book discussions, and Wes Fryer in the Oklahoma Voices, they've been very, and Miguel, and there's a whole bunch of other people. So, um, so uh, best of luck to you, and um, I'm it's got to get in there and play. That's the start.
2: Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Colette. I, I, um, I know that some of the people who are new today are probably feeling, oh, just totally overwhelmed. And and that's okay because we feel like that on a regular basis. You've given some great uh, suggestions here to us. I think having created that wiki is a good place to direct new people to so they can get their, their feet wet and uh, try all these things. But we're getting close to the end of our session and I would like um, to turn over to Kevin to perhaps uh, finish off the session and tell us what's going to come up next week in a conversation about the uh, survey. You want to take it over, Kim?
1: Sure. Thank you. Next Saturday, February 28th, we're going to be talking about means. What is a mean and how do I find and join one? And we're going to have special guest Steve Hargadon, who's the founder of Classroom 2.0 and this show, as well as the future of education. And we'll be talking about social networking and education and using means next week. So that's going to be a really great show for um, everybody to hopefully join us at the same time. And we're going to go ahead and put in the survey.
0: And if you would please,
1: um, if you get a moment, if you would fill out the survey, the survey link um, gives information about the session and using Illuminate for these types of sessions um, discussion, So we would greatly appreciate your feedback and letting us know if um, this is a great venue for these types of conversations.
2: Kim, I also want to remind people that we do have a wiki on the Live Classroom 2.0 uh, webpage. Uh, the link's there for the wiki, so if you want to add suggestions for upcoming shows or you want to put your comments in, you can do that. As well as uh, in the archive page, it's set up as a blog format, so there is the ability to uh, create a, a comment to um, a particular show, and of course there's an RSS feed, so you can subscribe to it and be updated on a continuing basis as to what we've actually been doing. So if you didn't come one week, you can be picking up an, another week. So. Is this my chance to plug Monday night in that session? Absolutely. Okay, thank you, because I have still quite a few people. I'd like to point you to an opportunity to join in a discussion about uh, being a digital parent and uh, using Facebook to connect with parents. Uh, if you check the calendar that we have set up on Live Classroom 2.0, uh, Illuminate and Steve Hargan have been very, very generous in being sponsors for the session on Monday night, which will be 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we're going to have our regular EdTech talk show host, Mike Montaigne and myself and uh, a parent who's using uh, Facebook, but add to that Nick, o- Nick O'Neill, who is the author of the blog uh, AllFacebook.com, will be joining us so we can actually demonstrate to people how you set up your privacy sessions and what's it like not to talk in a wall. all those details that people have used as a, a barrier to engage in a lot of social networking tools, because over and over and over we see this discussion, is it blocked and one of the reasons that they're blocked because administrators are are very fearful of repercussions from parents. So we felt that if we get that piece out there so parents begin to actually, as you saw today, touch base with using social networking tools and have it demonstrated specifically to them, we can talk about their responsibilities being a digital parent. So Thank you. That was a really great opportunity to plug that. And uh, we're just at the end of our session, so I want to thank everyone for being here, Uh, Steve for being our supporter, he's still in the background there, Um, Peggy always doing a great job, Kim wonderful functioning in the background and taking care of our Illuminate session. Um, So I'm suggesting that we're all going to sign off. and. Kim and Peggy will say goodbye in a second, but reminding to shut down your whole browser window, just don't click on that away door. That's not how we're going to be able to stop the session and record so you can see it again if you need to come back. But Peggy and Kim, do you want to say goodbye?
1: Um, Yes, before we go, I wanted to remind everybody that um, the Future of Education site will be featuring a discussion on Monday uh, the 23rd. And it will be with Keith Kruger from COSN.org, Learning to Change and Changing to Learn. And then on uh, February 26th, that Thursday, uh, Steve will be having a session in conjunction with PBS here in the Illuminate Room. And a link will be coming out at a later time with John Palfrey on his book, Born Digital and Understanding the First Generation of Digital Natives. So those are upcoming events um, with, in conjunction with Future of Education and PBS. And we'd like to thank our special guest, Colette Casanelli, for taking her time today to show us how to use and how to incorporate VoiceThread in the educational version in our classrooms. And special thanks to Steve Argonod, who's the founder of Classroom 2.0 com and future of education. And thank you so much to everybody who joined us today and participated in the conversations and especially to Luminate for providing this forum for us to meet each week and to learn, share, and grow together. So we want to thank you for coming. We hope you have a great day. And look for the archive later today on the live classroom 2.0 site and enjoy using VoiceThread. Thank you so much.